0: Hi everyone! I'm here in post-production because I have a few announcements to make about the show. This was the first episode we recorded after a very long break due to illness on the part of one host, and then the COVID-19 outbreak, which we are still in the middle of at the moment, shutting down our ability to record together. We're glad to be back, but a few things have changed in that time, including some changes among the hosts. Most of those will be addressed within the episode, but one I'm going to be telling you right now. If you've listened to the show up to this point, you probably know me as Nick. Well, that is changing. I am transgender. I now go by Jessica, and I will be using she and her pronouns. And that is what you'll be hearing on this episode and all subsequent ones. But this show isn't about me, it's about Nicolas Cage. So without further ado, I bring you the first Cage Fight episode of 2020, recorded remotely for the first time. Oh yeah, the theme song probably wasn't transmitting through there, but it did cut off everything I had to say. (laughs) All I could hear was the fight chants. So, uh, welcome to the Cage Fight Podcast. This is episode, like, 16 now, and it's been a hot minute since we recorded, but we're back, and we're doing it over Discord this time instead of in person, because of our I think it's
1: episode 17, actually. Oh, fuck. Yeah, Yeah, I got 17, episode
0: 17. What? Well, fuck it. It's episode 16. I've decided it. <laughs> this is episode yeah. 16 too. Um Don't listen to the previous is... episode. All right. Uh so like on this episode here, we are going to be reviewing the movies Wind Talkers and Outcast, which are in all likelihood two movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these are two of the biggest ones.
2: <laughs> This is going to be a hot episode. Oh, yeah. No, uh, both these movies did extremely well at the box office, and they're all household names, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and you just heard there, uh, we've got a new third person on here who we might be seeing quite frequently. And uh, I don't know if you want to introduce yourself, friend.
2: Absolutely. So my name is Taylor. I am the newest member of (laughs) the Cage Fight Polycool. Um, (laughs) Eagle-eared listeners might know me from the podcast Dick Proles, because I'm sure our audiences overlap very significantly. But... (laughs) Along with being a huge political nerd, a huge music nerd, and all-around fucking anti-normie person, I'm also a huge movie buff, and Nick Cage is fucking hilarious. So when when these guys gave me the opportunity to come on, I was super excited.
0: Hell yes.
1: Love to hear it.
0: Welcome to the pod. Hell yeah, dude
2: and then everybody
0: knows mike i assume yeah
1: oh yeah and mike is here uh so taylor uh as uh, since it's your first time uh, on the podcast you have to answer the inaugural uh question what are your top 25 um marvel cinematic universe movies
2: oh god uh let's see here um aquaman fuck um uh, that's close um, uh like uh that, that, that one uh that one, Sha- that one that one that one shack movie where he played a uh like robot superhero man Um uh, yeah, space jam oh, i was hoping for Kazan. yeah that's it um fuck i'm i'm sorry daredevil yeah i okay yeah the, the original yeah. daredevil with john affleck yeah um you know what fuck. uh I, that was a uh, test that you passed uh you proved that you're a true
1: marvel fan and that's all we really needed from you so uh, eh. you're you're in uh no, Fuck, I you want are, the real
3: song again. No.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Uh you know, you can you can keep playing it and I won't hear it either way, so but
0: yes, as always there's Mike and Dave and not as always <laughs> I'm just now you've heard this in the preamble. Okay. So uh going into our first movie here, Wind Talkers, let's uh let's let's just bounce around, give ourselves a little uh general overview of this. This movie came out in two thousand and two.
3: Wait, hang on. Sorry to interrupt. Um No you're not. What about that big event that happened that we gotta talk about? Oh my about? god. How could I forget this? Somebody flew too close to the sun and it's heartbreaking.
1: Oh shit. Yes. Yeah, uh, um I guess we haven't we've addressed uh we've addressed this on Twitter uh but not on the podcast. Yeah.
0: Um so our old host, our old buddy, our old friend, Zach, has passed away. He died in a car accident while he was out protesting to get Dave reinstated. And, um,
3: against his better judgment, he did so much for
0: yeah, me. He's just, um, he's all for ripping on Dave, but he's also all for Dave's rights as a worker. And he was, <laughs> we unlawfully terminated Dave. So, and,
3: uh, you did. I'll say it, he was a hero. It's a working class hero.
0: Absolute working class hero. And, he's a jukebox hero
1: That's he's, he's pick a type of hero he's a dial h for hero uh
2: <laughs> um, we are we are not going to protest the hero we're not going to do that no <laughs> uh
3: but not all heroes wear carps okay
0: our, our good friends in the band national pleasure did put together a song in in uh zach's honor in order to uh you know just Help the memory live
3: on. and The label didn't even pay for the studio time. We fronted that out of our own pockets because this mattered a lot to us. Well, not that I'm well, in national pleasure, but I do their engineering, and it was a lot of work. There were a lot of tears shed. It was, it meant a lot to them, you could tell.
0: Yeah. So if, if you all uh, don't mind, we're just going to play that song for you all uh, so we can all experience that together.
3: Just a moment of silence punctuated by rock and roll. <laughs> oh yeah, I know I'm saying the weed.
1: Hold up, I gotta go head. <laughs> Rest in peace,
2: <the> sink. <clears throat> Goddamn, damn. Wow, so, that, was, that was beautiful. I'm mean, downright yeah. choked
0: up. I, I, I thought it was uh, really something quite nice that they they put together. And they remembered that he loved Sandley.
3: And that he loved having sex. <laughs> yes, and that he loved having sex. And I think
1: that's why he loved sandily so much, is because of how much he loved sex. That definitely played a big factor into
0: it. And that's why I hope Sunday, Sunday
3: he comes back as a ghost. Yeah, that would... If if he could haunt us... I will us, pay that ghost.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, rest in peace, Zach Um, you by now Your body looks worse than it ever has Um, but I'm Sure it's funny
3: I would love to see it again
1: <sighs> You know, I'm I'm sorry, I'm just kind of choked
0: up right now But, uh, I think, I think we've got to move on So, um Talkers, as I had Started saying before, this, uh This movie that came out in, like, 2002 Uh, you know, I didn't actually verify the rating, but I'm pretty sure it's rated R,
2: just based I saw. Theory. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say that too. There was there was a lot of swears in here that would kind of make that an R-rated movie. So no, nothing else, just R, just mostly like you know F words and stuff. Just, like yeah, that. just just those F words limbs blown off.
0: Directed by John Woo, which I had no idea until after <laughs> I looked it up. Like. An hour before this podcast.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, you know, it's, it's it's fucking weird, right? Because like there was a time for a while after Face Off, right? Because that was a movie. He yeah, after Face Off, mm-hmm. where John Woo was like an actual like like fixture in Hollywood. It was really It's really it was really weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, he had already become like one of the biggest uh, directors in Hong Kong, and then came over here to fucking smash it even harder. He did uh, Face Off, Mission Impossible 2, uh, Hard Target, Broken Arrow. Um, this is actually his um, his penultimate Hollywood movie. Uh, he did, I think, like Paycheck or something after this. Paycheck? I've uh, never heard of that even. It has uh, Ben Affleck and Uma Thurman. Um, but he, yeah. he stopped doing uh, Hollywood movies after that because he said, uh, all Hollywood offers me is crap or big action pictures. I want to do something good uh
0: uh-huh. so is so he this an uh, indie movie
1: since then i didn't even know that uh no i well, i mean he's back uh i think doing movies primarily in china oh, okay he's uh he's done i think five or six movies since his last hollywood production um but certainly not quite
2: the fixture in american cinema that he once was <laughs> oh i didn't realize he directed mission impossible too that's fucking nuts
1: Yeah, which is actually the worst one, like,
2: hands down, Uh, but... Um, Actually, no, it's not. (laughs) The soundtrack has Metallica and a band I will not mention the name of until later. The soundtrack... (laughs) The soundtrack is better than the movie. Okay, Uh, okay, that's that's understandable. I will accept that. But, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, he was one of the rotating cast of uh, Mission Impossible directors. He just happened to get the shitty
2: one, so... Oh, that
1: sucks, dude.
2: I, I know the original was directed by Brian De Palma. I knew that, but...
0: Did did those movies have a different director each time?
2: Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah,
1: I think uh, Brad Bird did one. Uh, he did, like, four or five. I think J.J. Abrams did. I don't... I'm not positive, though. Uh. Well, uh, moving on. This is Cage Fight, not Cruise Fight. Um, <laughs> Y'all want
2: the theme song <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah cru- Cruise in for a bruise, then? Hell yeah, yeah, dude.
0: Let's do that. We need
2: a little Cruise
1: Control in here. <laughs>
0: uh so the this was produced by uh two different companies just lion rock productions and metro goldwyn Mayer. uh i assume mgm did the uh distribution probably not the regular production uh but i don't know because i didn't really look it up because i'm a great host you know
1: (laughs) these are all congratulations
2: jess you did such a good job (laughs) thank you you. (laughs) and uh i also didn't look this up so um you're welcome (laughs) Uh, i looked up the cast information and that
0: was literally it <laughs> oh, yeah. uh this has a runtime of 134 minutes and it had a budget of 115 million dollars uh can you all guess how much it grossed
1: uh
2: it 10 grossed. yeah it, it did not gross its budget i can at least say that
0: yeah so this one grossed 77.6 million dollars which means that that's another movie in the red. <laughs> another floppa. Oh boy. Yeah, that's 18 movies in the red versus nine in the black. So um...
2: wait, is that really the record so far?
0: <laughs> yes, that is the record thus far. <laughs> Jessen Post here. Actually, I fucked that up. It's nine movies in the black and 24 in the red. So even worse.
2: To um... be fair, knowing knowing Nicolas Cage's like record, though, that's actually pretty good because I thought like only three films ever made money that Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> it's like National Treasure. Fucking maybe Ghost Rider, and uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, it was a Fast Times at Ridgemont
3: High. He, I think he's in that movie, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. that was his uh, debut, I believe. Yeah, that's the yeah that you movie the had ghost. a movie. like sure five hundred dollars. So. Fucking tons of money. Yeah, pay the ghost. I think uh, I went to go see that in the theater uh, four hundred and fifty times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, this one got a thirty-three percent on the tomato meter and an audience score of fifty percent. So, as always, uh, the critics are a bunch of, you know, bastards who are too snooty for what the audience thinks. Um, Pretentious we, pricks. You know, we we are for the people here. And. Uh... Oh, that was like a motorcycle, but it sounded really fucking No, creepy. yeah, I, I live
2: next to a very busy road, so I'm sorry
1: about that. That's OK. I live uh, next to an idling motorcycle. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It oh, sounds like a Bruce
2: Springsteen. I, I live, lyric. yeah, I live literally inside of an auto shop. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> that really <laughs> does sound like a Springsteen
0: lyric. <laughs> I live next to an idling motorcycle.
3: Yeah, that mama was an idling motorcycle <laughs> or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Taylor, if you could work on your voice being a little more gravelly, that would be great. <laughs> oh hell yeah, dude! Come if you can just clench your teeth
3: together and next s- like speak with I'll your bottom stuff. lip, like this kind of. <laughs> oh yeah fuck yeah
1: uh, you know why they call him the boss right he doesn't allow the rest of his band to take bathroom breaks
3: on their shift <laughs> fires them one by one
0: all right well uh do you have any uh fun facts trivia about this movie mike
1: yeah um i've got a, i've got a few things um So uh, prior to filming, uh, most of the principal cast uh, joined a group of 62 extras for boot camp, like attempting to replicate World War II Marine training. Also, uh, Nicholas Cage uh, learned to fluently speak Navajo for this part, uh, despite the fact that his character does not speak Navajo. Um, At all. He he claimed he did it to better understand the script, but John Woo maintained that Cage had misunderstood the character for which he had been cast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my God! Can you imagine he played the Navajo? talk? <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, wet things in a movie—that'd be so fucking fun. Wouldn't surprise me, especially uh, around this time in Hollywood. Uh, if this was the time where they
0: figured out that they had to give sympathetic portrayals to Native Americans, but they hadn't figured out how to do that without centering it on a white character, so like, right? And that's very
2: apparent in this movie. But. Um, uh, I mean, a couple years later, The Last Samurai came out starring Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Um, which, actually, uh, the director for
1: the other uh, movie that we are going to be covering was a stunt coordinator on The Last Samurai.
2: So oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, let's see what else I have here. Uh, this was slated for a Fall 2001 release, but because of the National Holiday
2: 911, they pushed it back. We'll never forget and so, that. So they they, they pushed it back they pushed it back because silver side up by nickelback came out that's weird yeah uh, uh and toxicity by system of a down came out the week prior
0: <laughs> wait i think yeah, god okay. hates us all uh and by and, slayer yeah i'm pretty sure that came out on september 11th i could be wrong uh, yeah I, it sounds right to me and uh, mediocre generica <laughs> and...
1: <laughs> um right um uh, uh... Sorry I'm, like, stalling through this. I have too much trivia written down for this.
0: That's okay. We're um, just coming up with every album that came out on 9-11. <laughs> uh, well,
1: I'm, I'm going to just plow through the last of these facts. Uh, the, the the desert scene and the opening credits is... Uh, is uh, some stock footage that has been used in Back to the Future 3, National Lampoon's Vacation, and City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. Hold on. <laughs> that, <laughs> is... that looks familiar. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I very distinctly remember City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold.
2: What the fuck <laughs> is that? <laughs> I think that's a. Uh... I think that, that's, that's a so, Billy Crystal picture. No, that, that that sounds like a really bad, like, uh, Japanese porn video title. Like, that's, those aren't words that you call. Like, it's, yeah. it's one of those
1: <laughs> Japanese porns with Billy Crystal
2: in it. Oh, God, so hot, dude.
0: Uh, speaking of stock footage though I swear there were some scenes in this movie Where there were like battleships firing guns That looked like it was just stock footage But not even on
2: film I think that was literally stock It was really jarring Because like it was really grainy And I'm like wait what the fuck
0: Yeah it looked like video and not even film So it was really fucked up I don't know
1: Um, and The the last fun fact that I have Is that this movie was released on the same day As uh, Scooby-Doo and The Born Identity Oh So
2: Pretty huge day for the box office.
3: With the wait, live then, action Scooby-Do
2: movie with fucking Matthew Lillard, that yeah. one? The,
3: the first oh. live action. Fuck yeah, dude. Well I guess I'll see Punk, that one.
2: Oh,
3: wait what? That's a scooby Doo. Fucking just ignore me, dude. Like <laughs> everybody should know that by now,
0: right? <laughs> I don't I, know. Uh... Sometimes I feel bad talking over you, even though you're the worst engineer. But um Well the
3: best thing here is that whenever I hit the talk back button, everything else goes away and it's just me, so <laughs> i
1: don't know what makes me feel worse uh being rude to you or uh, having to listen to you so
3: <laughs> it's a crap dude. shoot ain't it
1: <laughs>
3: uh okay
0: was that uh is that all the trivia we got there
1: yeah and uh i i'm glad i fucking churned that out in a beautiful beautiful manner so that you did
2: very informative i appreciated it you're all welcome now let's get to it war is hell
0: (laughs) yeah war is hell and that's the plot summary what is it
2: good for well i mean i don't know something i guess absolutely two things john woo movies (laughs) and camouflage shirts Like, band five finger death punch have also benefited very well from war
0: (laughs) so uh ding the uh the the general plot summary of this movie or like the the like you know like Elevator pitch is this is a a war movie in the Pacific that follows the Navajo code talkers uh, that during World War II, the United States used uh, a a code language over the radio that was based on the Navajo native tongue because basically no one else in the world spoke that language. Uh, And the Japanese sure as hell didn't and weren't able to crack that code. So this is following people like that. But uh, getting getting a little more in depth into this movie, it kind of starts out with Cage and like a bunch of soldiers under his command just getting like massacred by like Japanese forces. Just I mean, not massacred. That has a different connotation. But they they done got fucked up.
2: That's what. Oh no, saying. yeah, they, they they got their shit kicked in, dude. It was pretty bad. Yep. They it's, all. Yeah, pretty brutal from the beginning. <laughs> it kind of looks like they
0: all die, but we do see in the very next scene that Cage is not dead. He's just recovering uh he's lost his equilibrium because of like a, a ruptured eardrum i think so he can't stand up straight
1: and um... he was uh, essentially standing on top of a live grenade when it went off oh, so
2: yeah. the, the usually fucks are you hearing you're hearing at least a little bit oh yeah he's got uh, what they call shrapnel head
1: i mean if you're a pussy
2: yeah yeah for oh. sure i mean I will, have a little, I will have a little uh little anecdote my mom's long-term partner literally did have a grenade blow up like a couple feet away from his ear at one point and he still has a lot of hearing issue oh shit
1: was that uh was that in active duty or at the gathering of the juggalos um,
2: it, was a combination
3: of a, it was a combination
2: of uh on duty and at the gathering of the juggalos in uh, the city of green bay which is kind of a combination of both of those things to be honest oh yeah it's It's a war up there. (laughs) It's a it's half war zone, half Juggalos. So yes.
3: (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh,
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, and uh, in my notes, I think I have this is about six minutes into the movie, um, and so uh, all I wrote was uh, Cage goes down, uh, movie's over. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think that's about. I'm waiting for
3: for Cage
0: to go down on me. You know. Uh, no, no, I'm not. I keep asking. I'm sorry, Mr. Cage. No, but um, we we see like some of the Navajo code talkers are training with like the biggest flashcards of all time, and we then see Cage after his recovery being sent into like an officer's command to get his new assignment, where he is told that he is going to protect the Navajo code talkers, and uh, if they are ever about to be captured by enemy forces. Well, his duty is actually to protect the code and not the code talkers, and he has to kill them to prevent them from being captured and interrogated and the code being cracked. And Cage kind of just accepts that.
1: He's not happy about it, uh, but I think he kind of uh, buries that deep down until it comes uh, up again, inevitably.
0: Yeah. Then after that, I guess we kind of see their uh, division platoon. I, I don't fucking know what. I don't know all the designations. Uh, is gathered together, and they're finally getting their orders on when they're going to ship out. The head of their religion is... Legend? What the fuck am I saying? The head, of, the head their, of
1: their religion?
0: Yeah, the head of their religion is uh, Peter Stormare, uh, I believe is his name, right?
2: Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, P- Peter Stormare, and I-, I will say, I don't want to spoil it too much for you guys, but, like, his accent is incomprehensible. See, i just the see- fuck is his accent in this movie? is like a combination of every single, like... E- Major European American like accent trying to speak American English and like every single like regional accent in America combined into one. Pro- like, what is his accent in this fucking movie? Yeah, when the the credits rolled, I I
1: like I don't I don't remember them saying his name at all. But seeing it in the credits, it was something uh, like heavily and ambiguously European. So. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, and I know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of Europe, there were a lot of European Americans at the time who would like came from the fuck like Ellis Island and shit, but like trying to do an American accent with him and it just didn't fucking work.
0: Yeah, he was very clearly trying to do an American accent, but his Swedishness just, you know, overpowered it. Um, yeah,
2: and I mean, I don't even, I remember he was in uh, Fargo and I don't really remember that character all that well at the moment, but I did he have an accent in that, in that role? He, uh, kind of. Yeah, he did have an accent in that role. I think he's had an accent in pretty much
0: every role he's been in. I,
2: okay. Yeah. Oh, I guess he just can't do an American accent. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I've seen him, yeah, in this movie, uh, Fargo. Fargo's probably his best movie. That or The Lost World, Jurassic Park.
3: And oh, then yeah. uh,
1: I think he's in Big Lebowski, too.
0: He was just in so. a shitload of movies in the late 90s, early 2000s. I, I miss him, kind of. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what it
1: is. Yeah, I love him a lot. I mean, if if not for Fargo uh his dozens of other roles, but yeah. Fargo fucking rules. But yeah,
0: he is the head of their legion, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and uh I, I do have that noted he has the absolute worst American accent I've ever heard. <laughs> and they're assigned uh their orders are to take the island of Saipan, which I believe would set their, their arrival there at June seventh, nineteen forty four, or it could be June seventeenth. Uh, I don't remember. I looked it up last night and for some reason didn't write it down. June 15th. I'm wrong. I hate me. So they have a little last party and Cage talks with like the nurse who was caring for him in the field hospital in what I believe was Hawaii. Uh, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they ever said where that was. Oh, that that, that hospital was in Hawaii. Yeah, I remember the little subtitle on it said Hawaii. Okay. They get to the island of
0: Saipan and I kind of didn't note a lot of things that happened in between but when when the first battle starts happening there comes a point where cage goes like full like ptsd rambo and just runs around like gunning down like 40 japanese soldiers he's taking them on like it's like fucking world at war call of duty and he's just like he he
1: goes full cage at (laughs) this point
0: (laughs) and he just uh you know like personally murders them all and runs to a gun nest and plants the satchel charges in there uh, with just, like, total disregard for his own life, which I guess is just supposed to show off as PTSD.
1: Um, yeah, meanwhile, he's having flashbacks to the the part in the beginning where all his uh, buddies got shot up and his ear exploded, so. Mm-hmm.
0: And we also get the first taste of the Navajo code talking uh, being used over the radio from the guy that uh, Cage is assigned to protect, which his name, I believe, is Ben Yazi. Uh, Ghazi, yeah, ben, yeah ben- oh, ben- Gazi. Ben- uh, so emails emails there like calls in the uh strike from the battleships and that's when we see the really bad uh stock footage that I was talking about earlier
1: then uh it, it ends up with them like kind of uh post battle after they shoot the shit out of everybody uh and they begin to like lament about the lives that they gave up to go to war oh
0: yeah.
1: um which is uh when there's a there's a recurring thing of uh I don't know his name in the movie, but the actor Noah Emmerich being, like, a racist prick. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, like, oh, every yeah, time... Uh, went by Chick. Yeah, Chick. Uh, every time the, the battle angle, like, slows down, it
2: just kind of cuts to him being a fucking asshole. You know, uh, and, and that's and that's always the thing about these movies, right? Lot, that, that was really common in, like, late 90s, early 2000s, is that it's, like, a story of, like, overcoming racism, but the, the racist is always so caricaturally, like just stupid? Like, I know racism's stupid, but like, can you have a character who's not like, hey, look Indian, you don't belong here. Like, dude, come on, man. Like, we can do a little bit better than that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, they're, they're at this point in the, they had just survived this, like, huge battle, and uh then he decides to give the code talker like this lecture about how uh you know the only difference between uh you and the japanese is uh your uniform uh i might mistake you for them (laughs) like like, okay Uh, Uh, so um, and
0: they they get into like a scuffle and like they all get like pulled apart so yeah there's we, we we get some exposure to racism but then uh, we also get some some cross racial bonding as as we see the other code talker whose name I didn't note because he's barely in this movie. Um, uh, white horse, I believe. Oh, white horse. Yes. Yes. Uh, he's playing his flute, and just another white soldier walks up and plays his harmonica with him, and they jam.
2: It's a. I'm sorry.
1: Was was that you said random? Did you mean Christian Slater? Oh, Christian uh, Slater. I we haven't mentioned that Christian Slater uh, is in this movie somehow.
2: <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, he's the least racist person in this movie by a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. He he's essentially like uh Nicolas Cage's counterpart. He's assigned to White Horse and Cage assigned to Benghazi. Um and and I don't know. We get an early scene of uh him and Cage talking about how they uh they can't divulge any information to each other, but um
2: mm.
1: yeah, he's uh he's one of the other main
2: dudes and he's looking foxy. Oh yeah. Christian Slater's a fucking snack in this movie. He really is. Oh yeah. Certified. So I, I was going to say about that jam.
0: Luckily that guy's uh, Christian Slater's harmonica is in the right key. So it all
1: just works out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that soldier grew up to be uh Robert
3: Dylan. May that do the Famous same Blowing Robert? in the wind.
1: Um, no, I think it was pissing in the wind.
3: Yeah. The answer, my friend is pissing in the wind. Yeah.
1: Yeah y'all remember the ween song
0: how many roads must a, a lady- man
3: piss down until you call him a man or something don't know
0: but yeah so moving on to the next scene they're they're moving on to their next skirmish with their next set of orders and uh while they're on their way there like you know ben starts talking to cage about his son back home and his wife who's like more traditional than him and And Cage is like, no, man, I don't want to know about your kids. I got to kill you, man.
1: Uh, He doesn't (laughs) actually say that, but he's thinking it. You can see it in his eyes. Yeah, you just know he's going to picture that kid when he is uh, blasting Benghazi in the fucking eye.
2: (laughs) But yeah. Oh, my God. So So this is a horrifying thought. Like just having to to murder somebody to like protect the code and be like, I'm sorry, dude. I'm going to tell your son I'm sorry one day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it would be best if we
1: didn't get to know each other In case I have to blow your skull out
2: Yeah what the fuck is the point of that <laughs>
0: <laughs> While they're on their way there They're suddenly being fired upon by US artillery And it's like bombing the shit out of them uh, Cause I don't know where the mistake was If they were in the wrong position Or if uh, the artillery is firing on the wrong position But something's fucked up And uh, in the process uh, Ben's radio is just destroyed
1: uh, so they're... This is why you're supposed to turn off friendly fire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Makes everything easier. Uh, so he works up this plan where he's going to put on the uniform of a dead Japanese soldier because I guess the racist was right. Uh, <laughs> I, that seemed to be the message of the scene in the movie or something.
2: Yeah, good job validating the racist character, you racist movie. Yeah. Um, I guess even Chinese directors can even uh, um, uh, encourage white supremacy. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, um, so he uh, puts that on and like takes Cage as a fake prisoner and they manage to shoot up a bunch of Japanese soldiers and take uh, a Japanese radio, call off the American artillery strike and have it bomb the Japanese position instead. For that, after the battle is over, or after the skirmish, I guess, because the battle goes on for a month, but uh, Cage is decorated with a silver star and uh, Yazi. Is very clearly looked over because racism. He's like, you know, I couldn't have done that without Ben, and he's like, oh yeah, that Indian. Well, oh, uh, yeah, that, that guy. Yeah.
2: Well, you just keep that star, all right? <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> oh yeah, the the guy whose uh uh in information about you know and, and knowledge about this language is is probably a, a vital role in this war. I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, here's here's a couple coupons. I'm I'm not gonna give you a star. Fuck off. <laughs> Listen, we could only afford one medal, uh, and we have to give
1: it to the white guy first yeah
2: yeah but uh, he's nicholas cage why wouldn't you give
1: him a medal
0: you can get 20 percent off at arby's with this coupon and they have the (laughs) meats.
1: uh john woo knew him from face off so he let him keep the medal
0: (laughs) uh but yeah cage throw or gives the star to i don't know some other soldier because he's like i don't need decorate i'm tragically torn up about my past and i have ptsd i have movie ptsd um (laughs) but then uh after this they kind of move into a like a, a village that's filled with japanese civilians still because the island wasn't completely evacuated or anything like that i don't know if it was ever fully addressed earlier but at this point at least it's revealed that cage's character fully speaks japanese like he he's fluent i guess because he manages to hold like
2: a conversation
0: with them including yeah, it's the like just
2: randomly did. start speaking japanese like what like yes. you could have you could have alluded to that early i mean it would have been cool but then it's like wait 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 what yeah, like, how? how?
0: <laughs> yeah, they really hey, he should
2: have. He learned Navajo and Japanese for this movie. So, uh, dude, that's crazy. You know, how you know, many years that yeah. took to fluently learn both those languages to say like three lines total? <laughs> yeah. Or zero in the case of Navajo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah three lines combined three Japanese and zero Navajo. <laughs> I don't know how uh, Navajo ranks,
0: but I know that Japanese is literally ranked as the hardest language for English native speakers to learn because it's so different. Um, So, like, I quit Japanese
1: on Duolingo to learn Navajo. So
0: (laughs) if that's any indicator.
2: Fucking awesome, dude.
0: Hell yeah. So, yeah, he does that. He talks with like a Japanese kid or something and sits down because, you know, war movies from this time always have to show the American forces being very good to all of the civilians that they encounter.
2: Yeah, they they were always really good and never did any harm to to local village civilians uh, during yeah, the 20th they, didn't, they didn't kill any kids or anything. Uh, oh, no, absolutely not. no, no, no no raping of children, no murdering of children. They were all angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing that they didn't show in the movie
1: is that usually they would carry around a sack of like teddy bears to hand out to the children.
0: Um, oh, Absolutely.
1: I think awesome. that was cut for time.
0: And frankly, I think it's kind of un-American that they didn't put that
1: in. I do too. Yeah. They also cut out the scene where they all sit down together and enjoy an apple pie <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> by Jason Biggs. Uh, it's, it's a very American scene.
0: After that Cajun Yazzie kind of another bonding moment where he, um, uh, he kind of gets into the fact, and I do actually kind of applaud this movie for this. I mean, it doesn't talk about it directly, but it references it in saying that he was, you know, like raised Catholic, uh, Enforced into a school where he wasn't allowed to speak Navajo and things like that and this does kind of address that you know the United States it isn't this isn't talked about very much but the United States had essentially re-education camps for for a lot of Native Americans uh and this went on from like the late like 1870s up through I think up through like almost the 50s where basically yeah, kinda... so so
2: it 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 lasted up until like the 70s, I believe. And in fact, Canada had very similar schools that lasted up until the nineties.
0: Mm. So Jesus Christ, yeah. That yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, like uh he he talks about how he wasn't uh you know allowed to speak his own language, and when he did, he was, you know, chained to a radiator for punishment. And like um it's it was kind of cool to see that addressed in a movie. I don't know that I've actually ever seen that addressed in another movie, and certainly not a big Hollywood blockbuster. So, uh, pro- props to this
2: movie for that a little bit, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, big Hollywood blockbuster in quotation marks because it didn't even make its money back.
0: Yeah, okay. Oh, blockbuster certainly in quotation marks, but big budget Hollywood film certainly. Okay, I, I
2: will accept that, yes.
0: <laughs> we,
1: we have to go back and watch um, Scooby-Doo and see if they address anything uh,
2: similar in that movie. Well, Scooby, Scooby-Doo was actually an allegory for the invasion of Granada. I don't know if you knew that or not.
1: Oh, that's why uh, Sugar Ray was in it, um, because yeah. they were they represented. I don't, I don't know. I just remember <laughs> that Sugar Ray was in that movie.
3: Uh, <laughs> Wait, like the band Sugar Ray? Yeah. Oh, not
1: just Mark Hell McGrath. Yeah. Sugar, Ray? Sugar Ray was in it, really? I think. so. Well, I mean, maybe just Mark McGrath. I don't know. I recently uh, the. It's okay uh, to call recently...
3: Mark McGrath Sugar Ray. I mean, I mean, he is
1: Sugar Ray. As essentially, far as I'm concerned, he is. It's kind of like I, I, how uh, that
3: guy from Smash Mouth is just Smash Mouth.
1: He's,
0: He's
3: Smash Mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Or
0: or Mr. Smash Mouth, if you're trying to be specific. But yeah. If uh, you're addressing
3: or, him directly to ask him to eat the eggs, <laughs> you say Mr. Smash Mouth.
2: <laughs> or like the vocalist of Trapped is Mr. Trapped. It makes sense. Yeah. You know the uh, the lead singer of
1: Smash Mouth actually has a Ph.D. in astrophysics.
3: Uh, oh yeah, he studied at the Astro Lounge, didn't he?
1: Yeah. All right.
0: (laughs) But, um, so while they're in this village, uh, the Japanese kind of suddenly attack and, uh, kill a shitload of the U.S. soldiers. Uh, and they're about to take away one of the co talkers, White Horse. Uh, White Horse's guy who's supposed to kill him (laughs) is also killed. Um,
2: oh, no, no, you, you missed, you missed the portion. Christian Slater got his fucking head chopped off with a katana. Oh, yeah, that's,
0: that is totally true, actually, yes. Yeah, well, they're, (laughs) While they're sitting there, he's like, ah, oh, I can't let them take you. And he's like aiming the gun at him. But you can tell he uh, at White Horse, and he has second thoughts and starts firing at the Japanese instead. So and then a Japanese soldier with a katana comes up and just fucking beheads him.
2: Uh, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's really weird that Christian Slater played this role as well as Yukio Mishima. <laughs> well, no, if he played Yukio Mishima, he would have been he failed.
0: Her. Oh no! Yeah, he would have. <laughs> would have had someone hacking his neck like twenty five times. Like uh, it wouldn't have come off that cleanly. But um... that was also cut for time.
2: <laughs> Yeah, that, that took like an hour to cut off his head, dude. It took forever. They so it's they had brutal. to. Yeah, they actually paused the battle and they were like,
0: "Can you guys just like stop shooting at us? I really got to get this guy's head off." <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> have you ever cut off somebody's head? It's surprisingly difficult. Yeah. <laughs>
0: God, it took me like three or four times to get the hang of it oh, but yeah after that white horse is being hauled away by like three or four Japanese soldiers and cage sees this and just pulls a pin on a grenade and tosses that bad boy in there and kills all of them and then pretty much immediately after the fighting stops cage confesses this to Yazi and yazi holds gage at gunpoint while uh cage yells like do it do it but Yazi doesn't do it
2: oh, Fucking guts. No, I mean he's, he's he's pretty PTSD'd out. Dude is dude's not all he's not there. He's got like a thousand yards there and all that shit.
0: Yeah, Cage is very regretful of having done that. He doesn't like it, but he feels he's he keeps saying like just following orders, doing what I have to do. Um,
1: but he, yeah, I mean, I mean that seems to be a, a theme for him throughout this movie. He uh, sticks to the rules, um, and then gets completely uh, traumatized because of it.
0: Next, they go to their uh, last skirmish where uh, during this, because Yazzie is pissed at Cage like uh, they end up walking through a minefield on their way there and then Yazzie just runs off like going full Rambo and like killing soldiers, which is weird because up to this point in the movie, he's been super hesitant to kill any Japanese soldiers. Like every time it's happened, he he just kind of
2: freezes up and doesn't do it. And then cage steps in and like slits a guy's throat. Yeah. <laughs> because Cage yeah, is that's a- the thing. Like, yeah, he's, he's afraid to do pretty much anything in this movie. He's like a very pure, pure soul. So for that scene to happen, it was a little weird. Yeah. I guess it shows a change
0: in Yazzie because now he's freaked out. He thought his friend who had his back, he, he uh, Oh yeah. I should mention that cage. I think at that point confesses to him like, Hey, you know, my orders are to kill you if, if you're going to be captured. And so Yazi's all yeah. pissed. Um, there's right, a character totally development. So. I just
2: don't think it's a very well developed character development. I'll be honest.
0: Oh, yeah, I can feel that. Kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. After Yazzy runs off, Cage catches up with him, but Yazzy loses his radio in the scuffle, and uh, they have to call or retrieve that radio to call in air support. And um, so when they go to do that, like they get separated kind of from the rest of the group. They manage to grab the radio and call in the the airstrike, but they're shot in the process and like severely injured. And they feel like they're going to be captured. And Ben turns to Cage and says, just do it now. Get it over with. Kill me.
1: Mirroring the previous situation.
0: Yeah, mirroring the previous situation. And uh, Cage doesn't do it. And he says, we're getting out of here. And he hauls him back, uh, throws him on his back and runs out of there um, because yeah, yeah he's shot in the leg. Cage point. is just shot in the arm. But,
1: yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so it's, it's like two heaps of flesh, like crawling to the the finish line <laughs> meanwhile uh a shitload more japanese soldiers show up behind him and start firing off on him
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh so they get out of there and yazzy's like we did it we did it and cage
0: is like bleh, 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 because his lungs are filling with blood <laughs> and uh...
3: <laughs> from my
2: fucking, uh, man. <laughs> 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 ah, my eyes <ice>, my
3: eyes
2: <laughs> <ice. laughs> come closer son so i can cough blood on
1: you <laughs> something like that
0: <laughs> so uh cage dies there then after that we see like Yazi back at home presumably after the war and he's doing a navajo ceremony with his son uh and he says like this has been whatever the Oh Ben Ender's, I remember that because I was like, "Hey, if this is like Ender's Game or something." I don't know. He,
2: he was he was Italian, and then some fucking uh, piece of shit at Ellis Island made him change it. So yeah. that was the story.
0: Mm-hmm. But he says this was Ben Ender's. He was a good friend of mine and a very good soldier. And then uh, so he honors him in that Navajo ceremony. And then the, the movie ends, and it has like you know the the text the chiron
1: about uh, how the Navajo uh, thing was very prominent. Uh, prominently used
0: in world war ii what it says is the, the navajo code was vital in saipan and every major battle in the pacific and then it cuts to the next frame and says the code was never broken now as it says this it has a frame of cage like jogging and boot camp which to me is implying like the code was never broken Because of these dudes that killed those people,
1: (laughs) like you know, these dudes who had that order to kill people—these heroes that killed their their fellow soldiers.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. You know, America honored the sacrifice of the Navajo Code Talkers by allowing them to have the worst coronavirus-like infection rate of any community in the United States. So they did a very good job. America did a very good job of honoring its Navajo Code Talkers. Killing it. Yeah. Wonderful. I mean as we all know America's always been extremely nice and supportive to its native community through disease and pandemic. so <laughs> always they've never been the instigators
0: of of any sort of disease or pandemic
2: Oh, no, never i mean you know saying we we always gave them warmth and kindness not through blankets through through we con- <laughs> <through kindness. laughs> gave them some great blankets though too yeah they were pretty dope oh my god i actually have an aunt and uncle who i li- I'm, I'm not even shitting you live on a native american burial ground and um <laughs> they actually have like graves with with the, like, native people buried in those fucking blankets. I'm not even kidding. Oh, man. Yeah, that's fucked up, dude. <laughs> and that's, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we shit on your people, you know, and we killed 95% of them. Yeah. I mean, hey, do you guys want to, like, help us fight in our war? <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: That is much worse than Poltergeist even makes it seem. So...
2: <laughs> oh, my God. A country that was willing to do war crimes during World War II to its own citizens is like, you want to fight for us? Yeah, sure, we'll go for it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do um, the code thing. Oh, my God. I, w- I will say, though, I honestly, I was a little bit bored to this movie, but, I mean, it, w- it was fine. Um, I did have some issues with it. The main issue is that, like, the movie's called Wind Talkers, but the movie's not it's more of a Nick Cage movie than it is about the actual Code yes. Talkers. They really don't make up that much of the movie, to be honest. That's, that's exactly yeah.
0: what I was going to say. This is supposedly about the wind talkers, the Navajo soldiers in World War II. But it's basically just completely focusing on Nicolas Cage, the white guy, and his journey towards liking one of them.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're very much secondary characters uh, who somehow
2: got put in the title. Um, yeah, no, it's it's kind of like uh, with um, uh, with Stephen King and his, like, you know, magical black man trope. It's like, oh, you know, this movie about this, you know, black man. And it's like, oh, no, it's a movie about a white guy who lives through the trauma of another black person. It's like, oh, no, but he, he makes my life better. And it's like, dude, a movie about the co Talkers should be about the co Talkers. It shouldn't be about, like... Oh yeah, well these people helped out during a battle and then they we just fuck their shit up all the time.
1: Yeah, you get like a scene of them like in training, learning the 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 code and whatnot. And then you get like a scene during that first battle uh where they're utilizing it, and then it's 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 not even uh close to being at the forefront of this movie. It's it's barely yeah, it, in it at it's all. It's
2: probably a combined five at most ten minutes of content of this movie that's dedicated to the actual like the process and the code talkers and the training it's it's yeah it's very insufficient in my opinion
3: mm-hmm. yeah
2: um well apparently
1: initially uh John Woo had intended for this to be uh more of a dramatic movie uh but then uh they kind of stepped in and were like uh yeah you're doing a big John Woo war movie and so that might uh have affected that a little bit
0: oh yeah had to show more of the battle scenes 'Cause this does kind of follow in the, the tradition of uh I mean this is kind of typical of a lot of those war movies from around the late nineties, early two thousands, all of them that basically were trying to copy, like saving private Ryan, stuff like that. Uh it, it's got all the cliches, I feel. <laughs> um but um for sure. but yeah, and and it's one unique aspect. The one that it's named after is something that it fails to even highlight, which is um certainly disappointing. Another thing I wanted to say about this, which isn't very specific to this movie necessarily, but this is something that I noticed that really bugs the shit out of me of movies from this era, late '90s, early '2000s. Again, is that there is a huge dynamic range in the audio, and the fucking dialogue is always like whispers, and then oh, a, a gunshot goes was, off, and it's like fifty decibels louder. I and noticed it shakes the like, fucking I, was, house. I
2: was I was trying to watch the movie last night, like it was like or yeah, it was like nine o'clock at night or something like that. And I'm like, oh, the dialogue is a little bit loud. So let me turn up. And there's like, boom! <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, subtitles <laughs>
1: encouraged for this one. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, really? It's, uh... Jesus, yeah, put it on, like, five volume and put on the subtitles, seriously. Mm-hmm. It's... That that effect is kind
0: of cool in a theater, but, like, I, I really wish, like, home movie releases would have more, like, compression on the audio or something just to help. Absolutely. But, um... But yeah, that's uh, kind of all I really had to say on this. I, I thought the battle scenes were kind of cool. They didn't particularly no. stand out to me as far as war movie battle scenes go, but they weren't particularly yeah, I, bad.
2: I honestly, yeah. thought, I honestly thought all the performances. I mean, except for Peter Stormare, his his act his performance was awful. But I thought every other person's performance was at least solid. So I can at least say that.
1: Yeah, it was definitely it, like it was far from unwatchable. Um, it just had a lot of lulls, uh, and I mean, it, it had enough battle sequences, but everything in between was just kind of, uh, hard to stay focused on.
2: I was very dull and cookie cutter in a lot of ways. And that was was the problem with the nineties and early two thousands that the, the, that era had so many fucking world war II movies that like, you got to do a little bit more to stand out. So, Mm -hmm. well, uh, since we're kind of wrapping up here,
1: um, I uh, I have a few uh, Amazon reviews of this movie. I did search a few other sites, but um, not a ton of reviews out there. So uh, if you guys would uh, indulge me, I can go through some of these reviews I have here. Absolutely. Goddamn um, lootly. So the first one I have is from uh, Janeth Barrows. Uh, it's titled, uh, Couldn't Get It to Run on My TV. <laughs> um, and uh, she says, Really wanted to watch this, but couldn't get it to run. <laughs> um Next one from Aaron Hamel. Uh, it's titled Product Did Not Work. Um, and uh, in the body uh, says DVD did not work. Um, got one from Barbara Marvel, who I think is uh, Captain Marvel's mom. Uh, review titled Wind Talkers. Uh, I bought a VHS copy of this movie. We were very disappointed with the theme as every war detail was too graphic. Gory scenes. There was just too little information about the Indians. That were the wind talkers um well i mean so, hey she's got a little bit of it there <laughs> like you know she, she's close <laughs> um At got least she got it
0: to run the, on her uh, tv <laughs>
2: <laughs> she, well because she she got the vhs so. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and vhs's were like pretty you know pretty solid back then so maybe. yeah um
1: cr cole uh wrote a review titled inconsistent amazon connection uh He said, uh, unwatchable internet connection is great, but video keeps cutting out to the movie menu screen. (laughs) Uh, Amazon customer uh, wrote, great subject matter, should have been made in the 40s or even 50s when they knew what they were doing. And that's the title. Uh, And in the body, it says, uh, pathetic and lame. Uh, Obviously, this is written by Donald Trump. Uh, Too bad it wasn't made back before Hollywood was pathetic and lame. On top of that, Cage and Slater are both a disgrace to any American military uniform, even
2: in a movie. Oh, okay, okay. So I have I have a couple problems with that, right? Made it in the '40s and '50s when they knew what they were doing. Uh, No, they didn't. They would have made Marlon Brando play one of the code talkers.
0: Yeah, they would have put him in, you know, like red face, I guess. Yeah, they would have had Uh, John. They knew knew what they were doing.
2: I'm from the Navajo. They oh. Yeah, no, that person's a fucking absolute dipshit. That that one pissed me off more than any other.
1: <laughs>
2: um, well, Frank here
1: uh wrote a review titled No Movie At. Um, and he wrote, I did not receive my movie yet, so I cannot read it. More than happy to rate it just as soon as I get the movie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So I hope Frank uh, got that in the mail. He didn't uh, update his review. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, and then <laughs> the last <laughs> hour later through the mail, and he's like, man, I feel like a big fucking idiot right now. I'm going to delete this. And then he's like, oh, shit, my dinner's ready. And just never forgot. To it, it. Never me. He never got around to it. Yeah. Uh, the last one I have is uh, written by Didi.
1: It's in all caps. Um, <laughs> Ramon. So you have to yell it as you read it. <laughs> uh it says problems with movie it would not play in any of my dvd so i've been trying to get back in touch with you all i rented this movie and it is very very good <laughs> therefore i wanted my own but this movie you all sent me as i said it won't play in any of my dvds so i'm still trying to get in touch with you all the first time I had problems with you all because I have rented from you all before and the movies was
2: great. <laughs> so that um, was yeah, definitely no, DD Ramon. DD Ramon. Ramon wrote that review for sure. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. He was told when,
2: when
1: this review was made. So, I mean. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of the reviews are people just saying that there was too much violence and killing in the World War II movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. World
2: War II, a very peaceful time in world history. Most yeah, peaceful
0: just,
1: time.
2: We just dial it back, you know? You just dial back the brutality of war. Thank you very much. I'm trying to show this to my children.
0: I think the guns should shoot uh, a healing salve that cures all wounds.
2: They, they and, should uh, blow bubbles, dude. I mean, what the fuck? They didn't blow bullets. They blew bubbles. They dude. should be, like, just rubbing aloe on each
1: other for two hours.
0: So, uh... Now that we're like uh, done with wind talkers here, do y'all want to take like just a brief break? I need to get some more water.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. And then we'll come back and uh, launch into our new segment uh, that Taylor will introduce. Break time. (laughs) Break time.
1: So if I shit my pants, I should just do it when Taylor's not talking.
3: Yeah. Yes.
1: Okay. Or okay.
2: Yeah. Wait, are, are you dipped up or no? I, I'm not diped up. I'm out of <sighs> dipes. Oh, that sucks, dude. I'm sorry. I know coronavirus has been hitting everyone really yeah, bad. I'm pretty the shells at the Target clock. are fucking barren. I can imagine, dude.
1: <laughs> I got D-pants on though, so.
0: Okay, Dave, did you start rolling again or?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> Fuck you, Dave. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just doing my job here doing my job
1: welcome back cage freaks we're here in the studio with taylor and jess and uh,
0: yeah and uh
2: we're it's we're taylor in the morning <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: the funny I thing t- is that i'm the only person in a studio right now
0: <laughs> hey, hey to be fair i'm, I'm down the hall from the studio <laughs> uh but yes So we're we're here at the halftime of the show, and I think it's time to just introduce our new little like halftime segment that we're going to have to to fill some space here. Because, you know, these episodes aren't long enough as are. And (laughs) especially with all the stuff we just cut.
2: Um, I think think each episode needs to be longer than the Return of the King deluxe edition, which is over four hours long. I think that's a good barometer for every episode.
1: Yeah, these are essentially the director's cuts of what would have been our previous episodes uh, that didn't have as much padding.
0: Yeah, yeah. Taylor is is a a man with a, a beautiful obsession, possibly a beautiful former obsession, but possibly a beautiful rekindled obsession. Since since he and I ha- have begun talking to each other, and that involves one singular man, well, and band, Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit. And, yes. Uh, it is now that we will be launching into our Fred Durst Fridays bit. And uh, I don't really give a fuck what day it is, when we're recording, or when you're listening to this. When this is going on, it's Fred Durst
2: Friday. Hashtag Fred Durst Friday. I mean, have you ever just had one of those days where you just want to kick back, relax, and open up a nice refreshing glass of hot dog-flavored water? Do you get yeah. yourself a nice side of chocolate starfish? And you I know t- what? Today, Every episode will be good, but sometimes the results may vary. Every <laughs> Friday on Fred Durst Friday. Oh, oh that was beautiful. I'm sorry yeah, I did. spoke over it. For all of our audience out there who aren't limp heads, <laughs> let me tell you this much, right? The unquestionable truth is, Limp Biscuit fucking rips.
3: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Now, if you pack, do you pack a chainsaw, Taylor? I do, and frankly, I'll skin your ass raw if you, you know. If my band See, keeps beautiful. going, this way, I just might break something tonight. So mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And uh, for anybody... If, if, uh, you if you don't like my Limp it takes, it's my way or the highway. Uh, for
1: anybody who's driving and listening to this right now uh, and zoned out for a second and is wondering why we're talking about Fred Durst, it's just that when you have someone with such a knowledge of Fred Durst, as Taylor does, uh, it would be a waste to not, uh, you know, put that on display. Yeah, it would and truly
2: so, be a as somebody who considers themselves a credentialed Durstorian. Um, I need to tell the cage fight audience about how great all of Fred Durst's side projects are. And there's many, we have 16 of them in this bracket. Oh shit. Yeah. I'm going to crack the
1: inaugural beer to that.
2: Absolutely. Uh, uh, happy
1: Fred Durst Friday. Here,
2: yeah. Put your yeah.
1: baseball
0: caps on backwards. Friends as we're going to start going into uh, this this little bracket here that we have set up, and I believe we have a new challenge bracket for it that that Taylor made. We'll tweet this out. Yep. We'll stick it in the the Twitter description, and uh, we'll we'll be going through this bracket as well in every episode. So I I know you signed on for Nick Cage, but you're getting a little bit of Fred Durst too, and the way it should
2: be. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I hope the I hope the 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 mid the mid roll segment of Fred Durst Friday will be just as long as the episode itself. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's the goal. As the editor, I'm sure it'll be that way because I never cut anything.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, Jess has never cut anything in, in, in any of her podcasts. It's just kind of just let everything just go completely unedited. I like things raw. Uh, no rubber.
3: Uncut.
2: You you want to you want to be on top with Fred Durst, no rubber, exactly. Uh-huh. Um, if you want the ribbed version of this podcast, go listen to the fucking imitators. You know, here's the thing. You don't, you don't, you don't want any of those counterfeit Fred Durst podcasts because you know what? People, they're freaking me out. They're wearing a mask called counterfeit. <laughs> See, I feel like you I you need gotta to. Have faith. You gotta have faith in my Fred Durst knowledge. <laughs> have
0: faith. I see. I, I feel like I'm doing you okay. a disservice yeah. by not knowing more about biscuit to get some of your damn <laughs> references.
2: Oh no, well, I I mean the the counterfeit. It's a it's like pretty much the best song off of three dollar bill. So yeah, um, if okay. I
1: if I don't get the references, uh, feel free to just keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Uh.
3: I would prefer it if you did it my way. Really? It's my way. My way or the highway.
1: I guess now is a, yeah. a better time than ever to announce that
2: Dave is my significant other.
3: You got to see this golden you know, cobra, y'all.
2: No, and I was uh, going I was going to say this this segment is golden, golden, golden cobra. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So if we haven't alien, alienated you enough, uh props to you and I love you. We're working on it. Oh, I got a new one. We're going to find every significant other thing that Fred Durst ever did.
1: Ah. <laughs> We're going to get him uh, inside the actor's studio. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm i trying.
2: Do you hear that? We're going to get every single Fred Durst thing. We're going to rearrange it to make sure which one's the best. Do you, do you guys
0: hear that? It's like a rumble. There's a rumble. Oh, and there's like weird lights going around. Oh, God. It's a stampede of disco elephants. <laughs>
1: <Whoa>.
3: <laughs> Not the disco <laughs> elephant. <laughs>
1: Hey, better the disco elephants than the the violent ones.
2: Oh my god, this is so fucking. I love everything about this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm I'm so excited for this bracket. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm really, I'm really uh, excited to dig into that bracket soon too. You want to give
1: us a taste of what uh, is in the bracket?
2: Oh, fucking absolutely. And let me bring this up real quick. There's a lot of really good ones here. A lot of movies that he directed and starred in. Um, a lot of good songs. Just some funny cultural moments that happened. Some, some commercials that he did. Just some, just some great stuff. Just some great stuff.
1: Honestly, I'll watch any commercial that Fred Durst is in. Yeah, whether he directed it, was in it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If they could take all the ads on Hulu and uh, replace him with Fred Durst ads. I'd be a happy camper.
0: That that would certainly make life just a little bit better, at least.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean... I wonder how Fred Durst is doing. I mean, Sorry, you I kind of cut out okay.
0: What were you saying? You wonder how Fred Durst is doing what?
2: Is, during, is doing during coronavirus. I hope he's doing okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you well all he did... just had a check with Amazon Prime, uh, who is, uh has the rights to the fanatic. So I, I hope that he's... Uh, Keeping his kids fed. Mm-hmm. He uh, he
0: he actually predicted the coronavirus and has been warning us for for years. Like uh, that's you true. remember the line like uh, no no human contact and if you interact oh, yeah. your your life is on contract.
2: going to say, your your best bet is to stay away, motherfucker. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, and actually, um, not a lot of people uh, realize that this is why he did this. But the form of facial hair that attracts the least germs is the goatee. <laughs> um Mm. so if you rock the goatee it it, it'll limit your uh possibilities of catching the deadly virus
0: i'm I'm actually looking at a photo of him from 2013 he's got a thick ass beard there
1: oh damn you should trim that down because uh it's all about the goatee motherfucker and also a
0: suicidal tendencies hoodie and like some some like white biker gloves
2: while he's on stage oh yeah Oh, no, it's yeah, Fr- Fr- Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit were very, very, very influenced by suicidal tendencies, for sure. Mm. Yeah, and basically,
1: uh, with his uh, current aesthetic, he wants to give off the vibe that says, uh, you know, I, I I, was really successful at one point, and I'm still uh, getting mad pussy. Uh, oh, so.
3: Well, he is. And mm.
2: he is, yeah, he's shooting ropes everywhere, as far as I'm concerned i don't mean to have too much of a flame war on this episode but i mean let, let's be honest west borland is probably getting better pussy because west borland's still pretty hot
1: yeah especially when he wears those contacts Oof! oh god
2: west Man, borland's we contacts and if you
0: interact your pussy's all wet
1: That <laughs> <laughs> was poetic as fuck well i uh i definitely look forward to uh traversing through this bracket i i mean i'm semi-familiar with fred durst i was um a fan as a lad, um, you know, like before my brain developed and such. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, excited to see what I missed out on.
2: Yeah. There's a-, a lot of, there were a lot of real recent gems. So I'm, I'm very excited. I actually,
1: I have seen the fanatic, uh, and I think the review that I wrote on letterbox, uh, says that, uh, there would be so there's some decent stuff in this movie, uh, and it would be enjoyable if it wasn't for, uh, Think that's
0: it all the stuff that Fred Durst didn't do
1: no it's just uh it's uh slightly offensive uh in in the the character that John Travolta is portraying uh uh-huh. is I I feel like not handled perfectly
2: um so of my-
1: yeah little it's it's insensitive uh but it it has uh, some redeeming qualities
2: um
1: yeah I just you know wouldn't get your hopes up if you're about to throw that on the TV.
0: Yeah, and, uh, but before we move on, I do want to point to anyone who is still doubting uh, the magnificence of of uh, the Durst um, to to a Hard Times article that is titled, I believe, um, If it weren't for Fred Durst, Limp Bizkit would have been a solid rock band instead of fucking incredible. <laughs> and if you just read that, I believe you would understand. So, um, Yeah. I think uh, we, this is just an announcement here. We're not going to go into it right away, but uh, so pr- prepare next time. And what is going to be the first thing on the lineup on the mashup, Taylor? What are what are our first two items?
2: The first ones are "Here We Are" and "Bleed." All right, all right. So we'll be comparing those two. Uh,
0: give those a little listen. And, and- one of, one
2: of them is one of them is a song I actually like. So who knows, but so get it. Events.
1: Listen to those on a loop Make a playlist, those two songs Hit repeat and uh, come back next week For the, uh, the poignant commentary on those tracks yeah.
0: Just until the next episode is out And you're listening to it That's all you should be listening to personally As soon as
1: you finish this episode Go on Spotify or whatever you have And that's your focus until the next episode drops
0: Yeah, that's your homework Alright, moving on since uh it frender's friday is officially over but it's never really over it's still going in our hearts but
1: now it's andre 3000 thursday <laughs> because we're about to talk outcast yeah yeah yesterday
2: next... was west Portland wednesday
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so uh okay. outcast
0: yeah so this movie i actually couldn't find a rating for it either uh maybe this wasn't rated by the mpaa i don't know but it wasn't on imdb hey
2: man. you know i i actually found it i i found it last night because i have some not very positive things to think about it it has a five percent on rotten tomato
1: oh damn, that's actually uh way higher than it should be oh i was talking about the mpaa yeah. rating, but
0: yes five percent on fucking rotten Tomatoes. Sure about the rating yeah i
2: Hey, I don't know, because I, I mean, it's a it's not an American production, so I don't know if it I don't even know if it was released in America to be honest. Oh, yeah, we don't know. It's, for a, sure. yeah, it's a, an American Chinese Canadian movie. OK, apparently it was it was uh, released in the United States fucking uh, six months after its release in <laughs> uh-huh. Beijing. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah as uh, Mike mentioned, this is a combination uh, Canadian and um, uh, Chinese film production. That stars American actors. <laughs> um two American actors.
2: Yep. Uh no, actually one American actor and one Canadian actor. Thank you very much. It, is Christensen Canadian? Canadian? Yeah, Hayden is Canadian. That's it. I know it's horrible, isn't it? Christians. Canadian Christians.
0: Hayden the Canadian, kinda like Hannibal the Cannibal. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, Hayden Christensen is in this movie, which I believe besides was it Jumper or Looper? I don't remember. I get those two fucked up. Um, Jumper Jumper. Yeah. Besides Jumper is the only movie I remember him in. This is the only movie I think I've ever seen him in besides, you know, like uh, the episode two and three Star Wars. Hmm. He
2: was in he was in another movie that I watched in a a fucking class once. A Life is a House. That's it. It's like just some like some just dumb drama movie. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it's not great. Hmm. And it's really sad about Hayden Christensen because he's legit not a bad actor, but he always gets put in the worst shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, and funnily enough,
1: um, apparently the like the way this movie was announced was they they posted the official poster uh, on the ArcLight Films website and the Hayden Christensen fan site. <laughs> There's a so Hayden Christensen up. fan site. Apparently, and of they course. got they got an exclusive announcement
2: about this movie. Oh wait, Hayden Christensen. Oh, he was a minor role in The Virgin Suicides. I didn't know that. Oh I forgot about that That's a decent movie I've
0: never seen that movie Although I did read the book A long time ago but... And I'm a virgin So I'm living it baby <laughs> yeah. It's like a virgin But I'm not contemplating Suicide right now Hey, hey. So uh, hey. The, This movie came out In 2014 And uh, it was directed By Nick Powell A director so illustrious He doesn't have his own Wikipedia article Oh yeah <laughs> uh,
1: So this This was his uh, This was his Directorial debut uh, uh, And the Only other director credit he has is a movie that came out in 2019, also starring Nicolas Cage, called Primal. Oh. Which is actually not on our bracket. It just missed our bracket.
2: Wait, they they made a film adaptation of the 1990, early 1990s uh, fighting game Primal Rage? Really? Uh, I hope that's what it is. (laughs)
1: Uh, But, uh, yeah, this this director was mostly uh, known for doing, like, stunt choreography. Um, and stunt coordinating.
0: Yeah, I see on his, um, IMDb, he'd done uh, stunts on Gladiator, Born Identity, Cinderella Man, Last Samurai. I'm gonna
2: say, you really couldn't tell, because the stunt choreography in this movie sucks shit. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty I, well, bad. See, it, it does make sense in retrospect, because, like,
1: this movie is almost entirely fight choreography with, like, a tiny bit of story sandwiched in between. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is really fucking stupid the story is terrible I... it's yeah it's i mean and not to get too ahead of our, our feelings on this movie but i mean the the story is essentially a, like a coming of age story and like not even coming of age story but it's like a kid's story with a lot of violence in it yeah <laughs> it's like
2: a really bad fairy
1: tale it's not good uh, the, the guy who wrote it, uh, the only thing other th- stuff that he's written, uh, was he's written for like a, a bunch of TV shows that haven't, uh, that didn't get picked up really, it, like lasted for two to four episodes. Um, mm-hmm. and apparently he, uh, wrote on a Cinemax original series called strike back that I've never heard of.
0: Uh, so one other quick, uh, couple of things I want to mention. This has a runtime of 99 minutes and a budget of $25 million box office gross. Four point eight million. So that is that puts us up to out of twenty eight movies, and nine movies in the black, baby. Just post again. It's thirty four movies. Still, so that was that was that was two today that were both in the red, as is fairly typical. I think as we get further along in the bracket, when we get into the next round, we get into some more of the good movies, and it might start to even out a little bit. But yeah, did you have any uh, little trivia notes, Mike, or anything like that?
1: Um, I mean, there's really not much uh, interesting trivia about this um, other than the fact that it was met with, uh, like, criticism and outrage um, due to the whole, uh, you know, white savior aspect of it,
2: um, which we will certainly get into as we go through the plot I mean, summary. The only, the only trivia I know is that uh, Nicolas Cage, because, you know, of course, as we know Nicolas Cage is very much of a method actor. Um, he actually lost an eye in real life to play <laughs> character.
1: Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, um, was actually, he was at a Seven Eleven and he was trying to speak Navajo to a white person and they stabbed him in the eye.
3: <laughs> yeah, I just want to say real quick, when you said method actor, I definitely heard meth head actor, <laughs> which, uh, is a lot different.
0: Or I, uh, if you're playing a meth head, exactly the same.
3: Well, either way, you're bound to lose an eye. <laughs>
0: I will say it is weirdly relevant that these are both stories that supposedly focus on people of color, both of these movies, but uh, end up just focusing on white people.
1: When you break them down, they're very similar. Uh, They're they're just like a shitload of battle sequences uh, glued together uh, by, you know, poor storytelling um and oh yeah. yeah oh boy some poor storyteller <laughs> yeah. white saviors abound mm-hmm.
0: but yeah uh let's let's just get right into the plot here and my plot notes for this i think are quite a bit shorter than they were in the other one but uh maybe not i don't <laughs> there's,
2: know there's not a lot of plot going around so don't feel too do no.
0: yeah it's very bare uh, <laughs> so it starts with some crusaders entering a town and killing the last of like the muslims that are there uh cage has apparently sworn a blood oath to hayden christians father to protect him but he's excused from it mid-battle i didn't really know what the fuck was going on it looked like people were dying and apparently this is very significant later because they keep thinking about it but i i couldn't really even tell what the fuck it's was never
1: happening. really clear uh, <laughs> what's what i mean you get a, a general gist of what's happening at the beginning of this movie but it, you don't really realize why it matters uh for a while yeah
2: yeah it's just the there's there's just so much going on like i was even watching the movie i'm like wait what where are we going yeah what is happening
1: but yeah yeah this this is a movie where i was uh like i had to actively force myself to pay attention to what was happening
2: <laughs>
1: yeah uh, it's really. a good sign i was, was
0: continually distracted looking at my phone and then being like shit i should pause this because i have to watch this
2: <laughs> yeah that was me too we, we were all very diligent watchers of this yeah. movie. <laughs> um
0: so then it cuts to um there's a dying chinese emperor i assume he's chinese because this is a chinese production uh i could be being racist i'm
2: sorry um you know you could certainly be mistaken because everyone in this movie was speaking fucking american english yeah, <laughs> yeah right i it, it could have been in fucking uh you know berkeley california for all we know yeah <laughs> I, yeah i, I think i uh, i'm I mean, i I'm not
1: positive, but I think everyone in this movie, except for the two people on the poster,
2: are Chinese. yeah there was there was like one black person in this movie, and I'm like, wait, what? there's it, a lot of weird casting in this movie. Mm-hmm. very strange.
0: But yeah, we see that tiny or tiny dying Chinese. Uh, Emperor, Jeez. dying tiny man. <laughs> I died. I said tiny because I God. I was trying to say dying and Chinese, and it came out tiny. I don't know what the fuck goes on with my brain. You know how tiny that fucking dying piece of shit is! <laughs>
1: but he he decides hey, get bigger and maybe you'll live.
0: He has uh, two sons. One the the warrior Sing, I believe was his name, and then his uh, peaceful son, uh Zhao. And he has decided to have Zhao uh, succeed him rather than his older warrior brother, saying it's a time for peace, not for war. So the 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 king uh, sends off uh, Zhao because he knows that uh, his brother Zing, is not going to be very happy when he hears this, and he tells him to take the royal seal with him. Then the uh, warrior son Zing, uh, shows up and is very power hungry, and it gets very mad when he hears this news, and he kills the emperor. Because, uh, of course, he does. This is how me- movies like this go. Um,
1: he said, Daddy, you never loved me, um, and now I
0: kill you. He he tells his soldiers that uh, the the other son, Prince Prince Yao, killed the king and stole the royal seal, and they have to go find him. And, uh, honestly, this reminds me of Gladiator. Do you guys remember the affixie to Gladiator? I swear to God, it's
1: exactly that. I, I do not remember much of Gladiator. Mm. I mean, that's probably all right. But, um... So other than the uh the Sopranos episode where uh what the one guy is uh obsessed with it. That's about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't know that one. But uh <laughs> uh so eventually as the prince who is traveling with his sister, the princess, whose name I didn't actually catch. Did either of you catch her name?
1: The sister? Yeah, the princess. Um uh yeah, it is um 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 um
2: I don't Leon. think her name is um 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 wait, Liam? What Leanne? Leanne. Okay. Yeah. Her name's Leanne. Her name's Leanne. Yes. I mean, she was speaking American English, so maybe her name is Leanne. I don't know.
1: <laughs> but uh, and she is uh, played by the actress who's going to be Mulan in the live-action Mulan.
2: Oh. Oh I didn't know shit. That. Okay. Hey.
0: Well, I'm sure she got it based off the strength of this film.
2: Oh, absolutely. Oh no, this was very much of like a watershed moment for her career. I'm I'm really glad. She's <laughs> This, this really boosted her
1: uh, into where she's at now in the Disney Corporation. Absolutely.
0: But yeah. Uh, So so Leon and uh, Zhao are traveling and uh, they get into some like, I don't know, like an inn or a bar or something. And then the, the black guards who are the, the hand of, of uh, the right hand of Singh, you know, carrying out his duties, catch them there. And for some reason, uh, Hayden Christensen is there. It's not really explained why um you know or and, and how and
2: that's and that's the thing right and then we'll get into it a little bit so i'm sorry if i'm spoiling it but like first off how did the crusaders end up in china like yeah how the can fuck can you explain they get that here? i was never <laughs> clear on that
1: uh, <laughs> exactly the 12th century
2: yeah yeah inter international travel was kind of bad back then. i
1: think i think this would
0: yeah, this would even be... Yeah, this would be the 12th century. Yeah, international travel, not an easy thing to do. In fact, hadn't no, like, Westerners really been to China before Marco Polo in, like, the 1300s? I don't know. Fuck it.
2: Um, so here's the thing, is that technically, yes, uh, there there, there have been some historical reports that Romans had, like, physical interactions with, like, the, you know, with the with Qing Dynasty or whatever it was at the time. Mm-hmm. So... There more than likely was sort of Western interaction with Chinese people. But I mean, we're not talking about a level where just some random some random crusader could be like, oh, I'm just going to take a vacation to China. Like, that's not. No, No, that was not not. happening, (laughs) especially especially during the fucking Crusades. Yeah, there was no level of international travel that was that prominent back then. But yeah, Hayden Christensen is there and
0: he's like tripping balls, I guess. Uh, I don't remember this ever really being addressed, but in the Wikipedia article, it said he was addicted to opium.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kept thinking that he was drunk, but then as it kept happening through the movie, it seems like he's having withdrawals of some kind. Hmm. Um, but yeah, in this scene, he just seems like super drunk. And then he gets knocked to the ground and gets peed on, uh, which was (laughs) interesting. Uh, and then he just beats everybody's ass.
0: Yeah. It just kills all the fucking guards. And um, I mean,
2: if you're if someone pissed on my face and I was in a room full of people, there'd be blood on the wall. Trust me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have to finish my erection first. Uh huh. Uh, It's exactly what I was going to say.
0: It depends. Like, did I did I want that? Was I asking for this? Was it like a public, you know, uh, waterworks thing? But um,
3: yeah, I'd be way into it. But like, you know, that's just personal preference. But um, you can cut that.
0: (laughs) That's staying in. (laughs) that's (laughs) that's <laughs> definitely scary. uh
3: but sorry what was that i was peeing on myself
0: <laughs> so like after after he kills the guards he like pussyfoot[s] around and is like i'm not gonna help you but you know eventually they convince him and they give him some money uh so now hayden christensen is traveling with uh leon and leon and uh joe joe and uh so eventually they go to like they see that village they were just in as being sacked by more guards and they rescue like a little girl, which like this was made as like a plot point, but I just legitimately don't ever remember seeing this girl like anymore throughout the movie, like ever.
1: Like, was she on yeah, screen? This, I mean, not, I, I honestly don't remember either. Uh, and I like nothing that happens, uh, in the middle of this movie really is like of any importance. They kind of set it up in the beginning to have an eventual payoff. Um, and all of this just seems like filler.
0: Yeah. After this, pretty much everything is filler. There's one scene I do want to talk about cause it's the start of the love story mm-hmm. where yes. yeah. they're laying around a campfire and Hayden Christensen is uh, Complaining about you know how hard The war was for him and you know Says like you know you're you're a princess You had an easy life you don't even know and She basically says uh you know like Don't judge me you don't understand how hard it is To be a woman in these times Which like true I guess but also Like she is literally a princess and Uh this is why all good feminism needs To incorporate some class analysis or it's gonna Fall short uh but <laughs>
2: Yeah J- Jess is very anti-liberal It poll
0: on this episode <laughs> Yeah <laughs> And then Hayden Christian says that says like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. They end up traveling and going with like some traveling band of I don't know what they were. Who were these people that were traveling that they met up with that had like the pull cart and everything? You know what um, I'm talking about?
2: Yeah. Uh, and I have no fucking idea. <laughs> And I'm, I'm I mean, sorry. To, I'm sorry to digress. One point: What the fuck was Hayden Christensen's hair in this movie? He had like oh the yeah. hairstyle of like a mid two thousands WWE wrestler. Like, yeah, it like, he
1: he looked like either a mid two thousands WWE wrestler or like a you know mid twenty tens fuck boy. I don't really know what the haircuts were like in the twelfth century, but I can tell you that
2: they weren't looking this fresh. Yeah, you know, I, it, was, it was more it was more friar talk than that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well that that was seriously a thing around this time because this movie came out in twenty fourteen. And I swear from twenty fourteen and actually about twenty thirteen, once Mac had that haircut, uh, oh, briefly, yeah. up until about twenty seventeen, everybody in the fucking world had this haircut and every goddamn movie they would put it in too. Like I remember there's even no matter how anachronistic that haircut is, like Brad Pitt had it in that Fury movie, um, which I god, I don't know. They put it
2: turned everybody into nazi youth <laughs> yeah. okay so it, it, it's called the undercut and the, I mean, yeah. the, the undercut was a pretty popular haircut back in like the 40s and 50s outside of nazi circles but it's just like the way well, that, that that way it, though. Did you know it what I mean? was pretty bad mm-hmm. it was not good it was like it was like the undercut that you get at like super cuts or like sports cuts or something yeah yeah that was the way it was because it was like completely shaved sides it, it's like it's like a
0: mohawk where you didn't spike it up basically yeah no
2: yeah could you imagine like it's like oh shit we we spent $24, uh, nine nine thousand dollars on everything else we have 1 for haircut let's go to supercuts to get a coupon <laughs> yeah.
1: it's, it's the haircut that in the current age every military dad gives to their 3 year old yes yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes so they meet up with some
0: traveling people who apparently people. Own, yeah. <laughs> own a house a roaming <laughs> gang of people <laughs> of, of individuals oh cool guys yeah. <laughs> and they give them a, some food and a place to stay but are pretty quickly betrayed by them and sold out to to the guards during this whole thing christensen is somehow separated from you know the 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 royals um you know zhao and uh lian and um they're on like a boat on a river somewhere i don't know but like i i kind of miss this whole bit i was zonia, i'm gonna be quite frank. <laughs> uh suffice I mean, to say i don't
1: blame you
0: <laughs> somehow they are all saved by Nicolas cage who is finally back uh and this has been like this at is, least 45 minutes since no the last this is an time. hour into the film i made sure to know Yeah, i was it.
2: gonna say i believe it was an hour in the fucking film like so he's in the first five minutes disappears for like a fucking hour <laughs> and it's like dude what I, I thought this was a nick cage and hayden Christensen movie not a hayden Christensen movie cameo nick cage like what yeah. Yeah, they he, only afford uh, thirty minutes of Nick Cage. Like, I just don't get it. They may have legitimately
0: only been able to afford a couple of <laughs> minutes of Nick Cage. Yeah. But yeah, Cage is like, apparently he's been holding like a super big grudge against Christensen. He he's like super mad at him and keeps saying like, "I should have let you die." I mean, I'm not. I am not exactly sure what he was mad at him over. Like, I still don't um, understand. So
1: he he was mad at him because uh, during the initial battle at the beginning of the movie. He walks in on Hayden Christensen in a room full of dead children, and because he's Anakin Skywalker, he assumes that he slaughtered them all. Yeah, yeah. Killed the. He's like, "What have I done again?" (laughs) So he uh, he thinks that uh, Hayden Christensen just got blood hungry from war and you know slaughtered a bunch of civilians, Uh, and so he denounced him after that.
0: Okay, or Cage is basically considering turning in. you know, Zhao and Leon to Shing um, to get his, like, reward and make the money. But, like, somehow they they convince him otherwise, and he decides to help them, like, hold the stand against the guards. And but... uh,
1: he's got snakes wrapped around his arms while he's doing it. Mm-hmm. After this, uh,
0: Leon and uh, Hayden get a little lovey-dovey. They have a kiss. They share a beautiful passionate kiss. And I do have to wonder why so many action movies feel the need to force in a love subplot when they clearly have no interest in writing it or actually developing yeah, Hayden, it. Yeah,
2: Hayden and this girl had literally no chemistry at all. None whatsoever. Yeah,
1: and they they couldn't even fully commit to it, and so it was it just felt like an afterthought the entire time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Yep, of fucking lutely
0: They my had God. less chemistry uh, than Anakin and Padme. <laughs> um
2: you know that's the thing i think so anakin and padme like i think they did have passion but the 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 acting was so fucking stilted yeah that i, really I think wouldn't. that they couldn't have actually made it work no matter what mm-hmm. it was very shakespearean the level of acting and yeah i mean that in a very i mean that in a very derogatory way
0: <laughs> I, I i i do kind of agree with that i feel like a, a lot of the um prequels like the acting suffered from from uh bad direction on uh lucas's part
1: um yeah and i mean i i definitely agree that um shakespeare is worse than star wars uh so (laughs) yes i agree with that wholeheartedly so after this
0: like you know big battle happens like uh the, the black guard is there to to come take away the royals but they fight and like you know basically all of cage's people are killed Eventually, it's just Hayden and Cage standing there at the mouth of a cave, and they tell, like, uh, Leon and, um, Yu Xiao to go hide in the back of the cage, or in the back of the cave, and, like, uh, Wait, why am I going so into depth with this? I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> it doesn't yeah, really matter. It, that's the basically, thing is that
2: I, I looked up the, the plot synopsis on Wikipedia to see if I missed anything, and it's literally like less than three paragraphs long. Yeah. Not even three paragraphs.
1: It's like maybe 10 seconds. <laughs> You've already thought about this, the plot of this movie more than the filmmakers. So.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, basically, you should become like a Hollywood screenwriter. You, you could actually put more effort into some movies.
0: Yeah, and these fucking idiots, basically, Cage tells them all to go hide in the cave and he's going to have his final battle. And like he takes on like 20 guards and like kills like 20 of them, but is eventually killed. And uh, he just lays there and has some last words that I can't really make out because he's just going like. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, just like the last movie, he's <laughs> just kind of laying there and gargling. <laughs> but yeah, um, it
2: wasn't wasn't there like a weird line that Nick Cage had in like the cave? He had like some weird inflection on a line. Oh, and I couldn't remember what the fuck okay. he said, but it was really He said,
1: fun. I, I, think, I think I know what you're talking about because it was my favorite part of the movie. In the cave, uh, when they start
2: getting attacked, he says, you want my blood? You want my blood? And you, you know what should have happened? Man. That Nick Cage from Vampire's Kitchen <laughs> came and was like, I'm a vampire! I want you. I'm a
1: vampire! <laughs>
2: oh,
0: man. Oh, yeah. I should also point out in this movie, Cage is, Cage is trying to do like a British accent,
1: I think. I don't know. Oh, I can't believe we haven't addressed that. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's it is a weird accent. I don't know awful. what's it's, going on. It's, in a, I believe, an attempt at a British accent that um, falls very short, much like his other accents. But, <laughs> I mean, this one is particularly bad. Yeah. It's it's really fucking bad.
0: A cage... If you've listened to all of our past episodes, Cage is not good at doing accents. I don't think I've ever heard a convincing accent coming from him at this
1: point. Even accents that he does with frequency. High high frequency. Fucking
2: New Orleans accents. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, I'm so excited to hear that accent. (laughs) In this movie, he really
0: is just like, this is one of the worst ones, but I I was laughing at it right away at the start. Um, Besides that, So after after Cage gets killed, uh, meaning that we got a glorious, I think, out of this whole movie, maybe 20 minutes of screen time from Nicolas Cage. And we still had to sit through this. It
2: was not much. It was not much. Um,
0: Yeah. Minimal uh, Cage. Shing, the warrior prince who, like, killed his father, uh, is there personally. And he decides to challenge Hayden to one on one combat. They spar for a while and then, like. I don't know. The guards cheat and they shoot Hayden Christensen with some arrows and like Shing is like, no, stop it. I want a fair fight. But then Leon is like, I'm going to stab you and kill you. And he's like, not if I stab you first, bitch and stabs her and she's dying.
2: Gotcha, bitch.
0: (laughs) Uh, Hayden Christensen goes like lame ass rage mode and just like bodies Shing almost immediately. And then they kind of collapse and like stare at each other on the ground. Like Hayden and, and, uh, Leon, and uh yeah. Then uh the second in command, the one who was below Xing, just basically just walks up and he's like, Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Zhao. You're the king now, forgive me. And they just declare him king. I don't think that you know, like armies allegiances just shift that quickly generally. Uh usually in battles for the throne, I I I don't think it's just like, oh, the one guy died. Well I guess I'm behind the other guy now, and I feel I mean, real bad. I think-
2: I think it really depends because, I mean, especially in that part of China, there was kind of like a um, divine right of kings thing. And I feel like if one, like, you know, you know, was it a claimant to the throne, killed the main claimant to the throne, they might think like, oh, shit, this guy was ordained by God to kill this guy. Cool. Let's let's worship him. I don't know.
0: Uh, Maybe, I guess. I'm not all that familiar with Chinese dynastic history. Um, I mean, I know there was a lot of assassination
2: going on during that
0: time. Yeah, I guess I'm basing that more off of, like, European kings and, and the duplicitous bullshit that happened all the time in, like, England. But, uh, so, yeah, after that, uh, they all go to the palace and, like, ride in and are welcomed by the army as Zhao is the new king. And Hayden Christensen rides off on his horse going back to his life of being the outcast. <laughs> like the title.
2: Hey, get uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah so so thoughts on this one everyone uh this one in my opinion was a pretty massive stinker i did not like it
1: um i would uh go as far as to say that uh it sucked
3: mm-hmm
1: uh, uh i don't want to sound biased you know i don't i don't want my uh my vote to be apparent um so i'm gonna say uh it's definitely my favorite movie that i ever watched <laughs>
2: Uh, no, it was, of... and it oh. was the best Nick Cage movie. It was the best Hayden Christensen movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the best movie of all time, really. If you think about it, absolutely wonderful.
3: Um, it, I didn't even watch it.
2: <laughs> a couple
0: of things I want to point out in particular about this movie: the cinematography is fucking terrible. I don't know that oh. I've ever seen a movie with this bad of cinematography.
3: And... Yeah, and
2: there were there were a shit ton of Dutch angles, terrible it lighting. Was, yeah, <laughs> Dutch angles,
0: bad. shots from like below shooting up. And for some reason, every shot in dialogue is just like a constant close up, and they're full of like quick cuts. That are t- it's just way
2: too busy for a simple scene of dialogue. And it then it is it's not it's got like Taken Three level of like like fucking like stunt choreography. It's like, dude, just slow down for a second. Yeah,
1: I think th- those uh aspects are where it becomes very apparent that a stunt choreographer directed this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm interested to see. Um, what his other Cage movie is like um, and if it is also like 80% stunt choreography <laughs> that makes sense it, the thing is too the fight the fight choreography
0: sucks though like it's, yeah, not, it's I mean, not good like even the fights like they're not well directed it'll be like maybe he knew how to line up the stunts but he didn't know how to make the camera look at it you know
1: yeah um, they were just very uninteresting uh, conflicts yeah
0: Like, and I do remember specifically, it's like you'd see a person swing and then when the hit would connect, it would be jump cutting already. You know what I mean? You wouldn't see follow through or anything. It it just felt like stupid. Like, I couldn't see what was going on in the fight scenes and the dialogue scenes were cut like they were fight scenes.
2: Everything was just fucking terrible. Yeah, and like... and just the set design was really bad. The special effects were fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Just really weird. And to be honest, and and I don't really know why that was. I mean, I know this movie was this movie was actually shot on location in China, so maybe there were some issues getting maybe good sets because of that reason. I couldn't tell you, but it was weird as shit. You think with twenty five million dollars though, they could do a little bit better.
1: I mean, shit.
2: Uh, I mean, I would be surprised if this was like some fucking money laundering operation, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> or most of, the, most of the budget went into lugging all that
2: shit to china uh, it's, a nick, it's a nick cage movie costing 25 million dollars has 15 minutes of nick cage in it it was a money laundering scheme right yeah. and
1: he probably got like 10 million out of that he probably oh, he, yeah, oh yeah
2: absolutely but yeah that's
0: that's really all i have to say about this uh i don't know if you guys have anything else to say
1: uh, go for it um, I mean I have no more closing thoughts uh, if you want I can uh, share a few uh, reviews that I found Oh, fuck absolutely please are, are any of them in Mandarin <laughs> um unfortunately not um, I mean I, w- I would be willing to run that through Google Translate and have some fun with it but uh, actually there's not a, a ton of reviews for this movie because I think like a hundred people total have seen it yeah <laughs> uh, proud to be part of that list uh, absolutely um The first one comes from uh, Daniel A. Karkson. It's titled Stupid Plot. Uh, And in the body, he writes, uh, Who the hell watches this kind of crap? Putin junkies? The history of Russia is more interesting than this
2: uh so I mean, objectively speaking the history of russia is fucking fascinating that's a terrible analogy to do like almost everything is boring in comparison to russian history that is true. and i mean
1: i think we're all putin junkies so that's unfair to say yeah. that. yeah this is a putin junkie i, I am
2: i'm a kremlin agent uh, in fact we are actually recording this episode at 859 moscow tonight <laughs> Why did this person re- reference Russia like four times? This doesn't have anything. I'm <laughs> unsure, but uh, it, it stood out to me for I'm, that
1: reason. I'm
2: assuming they're a Russian nationalists and don't like the fact that a movie about Chinese history exists. I don't know. That could be. I mean, maybe uh, maybe they're still salty about the C- uh, Sino-Soviet split.
1: <laughs> I have a review from uh, Tanya Soap, um, who wrote a review oh. titled "I Fear I Have Wasted My Money." Um, and she said, The first five minutes are awful. I fear I have wasted my money. <laughs>
2: funny is that that was actually one of my favorite parts of the movie so yeah, if, if, yeah she it, that, if she hated that part the rest of it was gonna be all fucking downhill exactly. for her. if she didn't stick it out then
1: she probably made the right choice
2: <laughs> yeah can't, i do. can't hate her on that one i do love the idea of a person writing a review of a movie after seeing five
0: minutes of it
1: <laughs> i I, you know, I have wasted my imagine uh watching five minutes of a movie and then just your stomach turning
2: you know my uh my my mom's a super huge normie so she'll she'll watch a movie she used to watch movies for like three minutes and be like oh no this movie sucks and walk out of the theater and not even ask for a refund and i'm like Some like really good movies, like some like some of the Lord of the Rings movies and stuff. Like I watched five minutes of it and I didn't get it. So I walked out. I'm like, we should have spent more time in five minutes. There (laughs) there need to be more movies that you can fully (laughs) comprehend in the first
1: five minutes. (laughs) and then You just spend the subsequent, you know, 90 to 100 minutes just kicking back and having fun. Yeah, Yeah, I
2: think every
0: movie should at least have like, you know, it should have a five minute summary of the movie before
1: the movie and then he can know if you want
0: to watch the watch it
1: I, I, right like i don't know i mean star wars star wars was so popular but they didn't add
2: scrolling text to the beginning of every movie after that which was a huge mistake
0: mm-hmm.
2: oh absolutely they they should have done that for this movie and people would have been like no nah, this movie sounds cool as shit and they watch it <laughs> and they're like oh no this movie sucks <laughs> uh,
1: i have uh, one more review from uh, michael Doby. Uh, He wrote, this was released in 3D. Where's the 3D Blu-ray? Question mark in Germany. Um, And he writes, um, this movie was released in 3D. I am getting tired of them putting out 3D movies in 2D only. This is available in Germany on a 3D Blu-ray at least. That being said, Nicolas Cage is not in this movie very much at all. It's an okay film. I will get the (laughs) 3D the 3d blu-ray ray Ray from
2: germany before i get a flat 2d version (laughs) okay so i have a couple problems with that first (laughs) off right a guy expecting that a not only a blu-ray release of this film but a 3d blu-ray release of a film that made less than a fifth of its budget back in the box office (laughs) yeah that's a problem and then two motherfucker i bet you don't have a region 2 blu-ray player so suck my dick
1: yeah hey if you oh, don't have a German shit. 3D Blu-ray player and a German 3D TV, you're fucking up. I've got absolutely a region-free uh, Blu-ray player, uh, I'm
2: a, a, I'm a, a, a BMW TV. Absolutely, that's all we need. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, um but I mean, also like, who the fuck wants to watch a 3D movie at home? Like that shit sucks. Yeah, does anyone own a 3D TV? also
1: would 3d make this movie more enjoyable i mean most most times 3d makes it less enjoyable i can't imagine it being redeeming for this particular movie
2: well there there wasn't really any like shots or anything to make it justifiable to shoot it in 3d in the first place oh
0: yeah true my favorite part of that review though is that his summary of the movie is that it's it's OK. I'm annoyed that Nick cage isn't in it more, but he is so mad that they haven't released it so he can buy
1: it on 3D Blu-ray. <laughs> like, he just, just he just so wants pretty. to own
2: it in 3D. <laughs> he wants to catch every angle of that Hayden Christensen haircut. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine just like his his fucking like mid 2000s, you know, fuck boy WWE haircut in your face? He's he's one of the Hardy Boys. It's it's almost like the supercut is standing right in front of me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is that all the reviews there?
1: Yeah, that's uh that's what Amazon uh viewers have to say about this motion picture. Uh no VHS purchasers uh this time, <laughs> but That's really uh, unfortunate.
2: Well, so I mean, you technically could rip this on VHS, but the last VHS movie was released in like 2006, so it wouldn't really work. So. Mm.
1: Yeah, this is uh a, a few years too late for that uh poor old woman.
2: Fun fact, the the last uh, mass-produced, commercially-released VHS was A History of Violence by David Cronenberg. Oh, really? I didn't know that. In, like, 2006 or something. Hmm. Allegedly, Cars 2 was released on VHS, but that wasn't a mass-produced What? (laughs) Yeah! That's so strange. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) It comes with a free can of beans.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess uh, now there's... All that's really remaining is to do the, uh, the, the vote. <laughs> so, um, So, oh, do you mind if
2: I go first, considering it's my first up?
0: Oh, usually we all go on three. Okay. So and
1: say at the same
3: and time, who does the countdown
1: and Dave does the countdown. Dave begrudgingly does the countdown.
3: No, I don't. I say no every fucking time. I'm not doing <laughs> this countdown.
1: Well, fuck you, Dave. It's true. No, <laughs> Um, I okay. Can't argue with that.
0: <laughs> All right. So, three, two, one,
2: win. Wind win Talkers.
1: <laughs> oh, we got one vote for Zandali and I think three for Wind Talkers. <laughs> yeah. In a startling <laughs> oh, three. upset.
2: <laughs> a three, three out of four. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Definitely could do better, but could do could do worse, too.
1: Well, uh, congratulations to Wind Talkers, uh, John Wu. Um, You'll be getting a plaque in the mail. Um, and uh, I know that's going to look real great on your shelf of uh, various other awards that I assume you've gotten.
2: Oh my God. Could you imagine the whatever award we give for Wind Talkers is probably like sitting right next to like a Golden Globe he got for fucking face off or like some <laughs> Hong Kong award he got for hard boiled? <laughs> and we would be uh, probably the most important
1: item on that shelf. 100%. Absolutely, because I mean, when you break it down, uh, way more people have a golden globe than have uh, KG, uh, which is what <laughs> we're giving out.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't know the exact count of golden globes, but I would guess it's at least more than you know, 16 17, right? More than one, <laughs> okay. Yeah, congratulations
1: so, to Win Talkers, yeah
0: congrats. I oh, yeah. certainly enjoyed that one quite a bit more than Outcast, which, like nothing about outcast made me want to watch it at all. <laughs> yeah, this,
2: this movie should be outcasted to the, to the far reaches of our minds. I would. Yeah, worry. they should. They, they, the should, put this,
1: <laughs> they should put <laughs> this movie, the love below the ground. Oh, damn. Uh, Let
3: the Atlians deal with it.
1: It
0: looks like our next two movies are going to be gone in 60 seconds and rage, which fuck. Yeah. I'm happy. We're finally watching gone in 60 seconds. I'm not going to lie. Uh,
1: Man, I've seen that, that movie so many times, but not since I was like 12 or 13. So I'm excited to rewatch it. And uh, I don't believe I've seen either of those movies,
2: to be honest.
0: Yeah, I think I saw it going in 60 seconds when I was like six years old, but I have not seen it
1: since then. Um, Hey, I, I mean, basically that movie will win for me if I still get a, a prepubescent boner for Angelina Jolie. Um, so I'm looking forward to that.
2: Angelina Jolie back in the day, absolute snack for sure. And she has blonde dreadlocks in this movie. Uh, Get the so, fuck out of here. He, oh, you're damn right. Please, please don't tell me anymore. I'm just, uh, I'm leaving it there. Oh, oh, I'm gonna have to watch this episode. I'm gonna have to play with myself a little bit before we watch. Yeah. Uh,
0: make
1: sure
2: to rub and, it all and,
0: out
1: before we talk
2: next yeah, time. Cause that. I don't
0: want to hear that. Um,
1: uh, <laughs> Well, I was gonna say actually, we if you record it, we can clip it in the beginning of the next episode.
2: No, so so fun fact, uh, I won't I won't actually record it, but I will I will play a real real quick uh, audio of what it will sound like when I do pleasure myself to that. (laughs) God damn it! (laughs) Again with this shit. (laughs) All right. Uh, I just have that on, like, my soundboard. Yeah.
3: Yeah, please, yeah, okay, yeah. Please, just make
2: yourself please a soundboard. Just put that, please just put that on the soundboard, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I'll try and do that. Um,
0: Well, until also, next time. I, I do got to oh. say, also, there's only one more. After Gone in 60 Seconds, Um, the, the one after that is Army of One and Season of the Witch. And then we are finally done with round one and move on to round two, where we might see... Yes. More wait, wait, good wait. movies. You said you said season oh. of the witch. You don't mean oh. the Halloween
2: movie, right? I thought that fucking button was gone.
3: <laughs> it came back.
2: <laughs> so you're you're not talking about the the Halloween movie, right? Season of the witch. No, uh, not Halloween three.
0: No, yeah, not Halloween three.
2: I wish. Yeah. Okay. No, nice. I found
0: it. Never mind. Um,
1: okay. It's a great movie, but unfortunately, <laughs> not the. <laughs> Not the same. Uh,
0: until next time, listeners have have uh, a lovely time listening to Bizkit and watching Cage.
1: Have uh, a beautiful
0: quarantine. <laughs> This has been a solid work production.
3: Solid work. (laughs) Solid work. Uh, Solid work. Hey, solid work.